Tom Cruise's middle tooth saves the day as the devil can't bang Ferris Bueller's ex-girlfriend. This is spoilers. <laughs> this is spoilers. Did you write that down? <laughs> That's a lot to remember. That is not a spoiler I saw coming. No, I just said it off the top of my head. I just said that off the top of my head. But welcome to spoilers. I am your host, Stevie. And today we are talking about the 1985 classic uh, movie Legend, directed by Ridley Scott, starring Tom Cruise, Ferris Bueller's ex-girlfriend, Mia and Sarah. Tim Curry as Darkness. Um, yeah, but she'll always Sloan. be Ferris Bueller's ex-girlfriend Sloan. to me. Sloan, yeah, she'll always be Sloan. But <laughs> uh, how you doing, Pappy? You seem a little flustered. I'm good, man. I had a couple uh, technical difficulties right before we started, but I'm good. There were some weird noises being thrown around in the pre-group chatter, which was disconcerting. You were making a lot of those noises, though. Yeah, because I was flustered. That's what happens. But I'm good now. I'm pumped to talk about Legend, uh, another Ridley Scott film. He's become our most prolific director on spoilers. I think this is our fourth Ridley Scott movie. Is it our fourth? Uh, See, Blade Runner, Alien, Legend, and there's got to be another one in there. Alien Covenant. Ali- he, wow, it's his fourth movie that we're doing. That's that's fantastic. But uh, let's just go ahead and introduce ourselves, and let's uh, talk about a show or movie we've seen recently that we really like. Uh, I'm your host, Stevie, recording from Elkhart, and I watched the first season of Glow yesterday which is The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, and I absolutely loved it, and I thought it was hilarious. I strongly recommend that movie. I mean, not that movie, that show on Netflix. Uh, Josh, how you doing? Doing pretty good. I'm recording from Goshen tonight. Uh, I listened to the WTF pod with Mark Marin quite a bit, so um, I'll go for a podcast route instead of watching something. Not WTF, but I've been listening to Reply All, um, I hadn't heard it, and I guess it's a pretty popular pod. And I've like burned through like forty-five episodes in the last like three weeks. So wow, that's my thing. So after you burn through all the spoilers, then burn through all the reply alls. Yeah, make sure you do it in that order. Well, I guess I kind of jumped in there. I've already introduced myself. <laughs> this is Pappy, recording from Denver, Colorado. But <laughs> I caught up with the new. Planet of the Eight films, uh, Rise and Dawn. I hadn't seen those before. Oh, yeah. And they're really fucking good. I'm pretty excited for this new one coming up. What is it called? War for the Planet of the Apes? Yep. The, I don't know if it's the War. War for the Planet of the Apes, yeah. Oh, these titles confuse me, but it does look really good. Uh, yeah, I'm Mikey. I'm recording from Elkhart. Uh, I'll follow Josh's route with the podcast. Hannibal Burris has a podcast that I didn't know about called the handsome rambler it's pretty funny he's just on there talking with his friends uh so if you like his comedy it's a pretty pretty funny podcast cool well let's go ahead and jump into legend uh imdb plot just says a young man must top the lord of darkness from both destroying daylight and marrying the woman he loves while confusing the hell out of audiences because a lot of the plot doesn't make sense uh, but I thought it started out cool. It kind of started out like a um, kind of like an Iron Maiden music video. It didn't start that didn't age well. Uh, you kind of you just start out in hell, really, 
and Satan, uh, Darkness, played by Tim Curry, is sitting there with pretty much a gray body with neon green eyes and neon green fingertips. Uh, what did you guys think of his appearance? What? <laughs> Josh, what did you think? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we were talking a little bit about before the pod about Tim Curry and... Uh, He's a stage actor, I think, and I think that really showed. Nigel Thornberry. <laughs> He's got some pipes. Uh, the demon costume he was wearing was big, but <laughs> a little plastically looking maybe. But, um, you know, it's 1985. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Probably one of the stronger parts of the movie, his performance and overall look, I would say. The costume and makeup was nominated for an Oscar, right? This is an Oscar-nominated Oscar film. Reminds me a lot of Suicide Squad, but his costume was like 13 feet tall, I think I read. Right, Stevie? Yeah, from... Um, if he like When he looked up from horn to hoof, because he was also standing on stilts, he was like, I think it was like between like 12, 7 and 13, like one feet tall. Yeah, I think that the best part of this movie is probably the way that he looks. I think so too, um, especially because, like, they, I watched um, pretty much a video of how they applied his makeup, and his face is like so far from what the actual face is because it's so spread out and boxed and layered, and it's not just like a mask. I thought it looked really cool, but uh, to dive more into the plot, uh, if you really want to call it a plot. Uh, this movie. Oh, there's a plot. <laughs> this movie set in a fantasy, pretty much world of light and darkness, and we meet uh, Mia Sarah, who is in pretty. Is she like a queen or a princess? I don't think that's ever specified. Yeah. No, they said she was like royalty or something, and then they just never really acknowledge it. Other than that. Well, I like, yeah, the, I like the part where uh, she's in the poor person's house and she's like, you're so much richer than I am. And then the poor little one looks back like, you fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> There's only but like... But what is she a princess of? This is like a foresty meadow filled with pixies, fairies, and dwarves. And there's like there's only three like official humans in this movie. There's Tom Cruise, who plays Jack-O the Green... Mia Sarah, who plays Lily, who pretty much ruins everything, and that poor woman who gets frozen. But uh, damn, pick Mia. Wait, S- I don't think she's dead, though. I don't know if we want to get into the minutia of the plot of unexplained things, but they said something <laughs> we'll get about there. time was we'll, maybe frozen. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, okay. Will we though? Probably not. I'm usually pretty bad at reciting plots. I just talk about interesting innuendos in movies. <laughs> well, don't but, forget about uh, that opening crawl, too. It really sets the tone. Is that opening crawl better than Star Wars? So, like, I sat down to watch it, and I was having, like, my first drink. And, I and like, I barely had <laughs> drank anything. I was like, am I wasted right now? Like, I couldn't <laughs> understand the words. Like, I felt so stupid. I had to keep reading it over and over and over again to try and figure out what was going on. I think on. we... Happy, didn't didn't we get someone to make a recording of that? Should we play that? Hit it. Once long ago, before there was such a thing as time, the world was shrouded in darkness. Then came the splendor of light, bringing life and love into the universe. And the Lord of Darkness retreated deep into the shadows of the earth, plotting his return to power. 
by banishing light forever. The precious light is protected, harbored in the souls of unicorns. What? <laughs> Where am I? But precious light is protected, harbored in the souls of unicorns, the most mystical of all creatures. Unicorns are safe from the Lord of Darkness. They can only be found by the purest of mortals. Such a mortal is Jack, who lives in solitude with the animals of the forest. A beautiful girl named Lily loves Jack with all her heart. In their innocence, they believe only goodness exists in the world. Together, they will learn there can be no good without evil, no love without hate, no heaven without hell. No light without darkness. The harmony of the universe depends upon an eternal balance. Out of the struggle to maintain this balance comes the birth of legends. So I guess hearing it in my imagination <laughs> just now made it sound more clear, maybe? It's, no, but how long? It's so long. It's long, and it's a crawl that it's pretty much saying that unicorns are the reason the sun stays up. And with light, there has to be darkness. And this is a land before time, but no dinosaurs. And what else is there to it? I, I want to make something. I want to point out something. I watched the international version on accident, which was a mistake because it's longer. <laughs> but I don't remember any crawl. So that might not have been in my Wait, version. there was no crawl? What? No, I don't. I don't remember seeing that at all. Mine just kind of jumped into it with uh, Mia, L like Lily? right off the bat. Yeah. Weird. Oh man, you missed out. But you also got a hilarious scene that really doesn't add much to the movie. We'll get into that. But Lily's frolicking through the uh, the meadow or forest after she encounters that poor woman, and she's screaming for Tom Cruise's name and she can't even say Jack right she's like Jack <laughs> she like adds a Y to it it's so weird but she's looking for Jacko the Green who pretty much jumps down like Tarzan and he's dressed like Tarzan except he has a middle tooth and right from the beginning when he plops down he takes a stance that he'll take <laughs> often throughout the movie and that is inner thighs open to the audience oh kind of squatting there I was gonna say is his Taint co-starring in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> it was third build. <laughs> Dude, you guys, I about halfway through the movie, I started taking screenshots. Every time he was sitting like that, I got five or six good ones. So I, We'll either Instagram that or... It's a very young Tom Cruise, too. This is post-Risky Business, but right before uh, This is... Right before Top Gun, which he looked really thin in this movie, and he was kind of bulky in Top Gun, but tell us more about his body. <laughs> I don't want to. Well, his teeth, his teeth are like Middle extra tooth? long. Yeah, but they're extra long in this, it, right? You they got are some extra work done? long. Got some work done before Top Gun, you think? And for those who don't know what I'm talking about, look up Tom Cruise's middle tooth. Usually, where there should be a gap, like not a gap, like a symmetrical line of where your teeth should be like through your face, Tom Cruise just has one tooth right in the middle of his mouth and it looks so odd. I just can't stop looking at it. But uh, That's not nearly as funny as Mikey saying that his taint co-stars <laughs> in the movie. I'm still just dying over here. 
<laughs> but um, they make out while uh, Blix, the goblin, and his two uh, friends watch them do whatever they do in the meadow. Flash forward scene. Tom Cruise wants to show Lily the most sacred part of the world, which is the unicorns. They, they're they the reason that we have a sunset and a dawn, I guess. And for some stupid reason, humans aren't supposed to interact with them nor touch them. It doesn't, it'll, it'll damn her soul. It's really stupid. But when she goes, but also they're using, they're using her as bait from the beginning. That's established. And one thing you kind of breezed over is they're using her as bait because she's like the essence of innocence. Right. But then they, they pretty much show her and Jack banging in the meadow, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a real is, rapey vibe to it the whole way. Really weird too, because like the goblins just watch and kind of smile. But while um, they speak in couplets, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is fun. <laughs> higher, higher, burning fire, making music like a choir. And they also, you notice when the go- when the goblins were smiling, they weren't showing like their hands or their lower bodies because they were working furiously. Did you guys also not want to jerk off throughout the entire time watching this movie? <laughs> what? I mean, yeah, it's very fetishy throughout the entire thing. It's supposed to be kind of yeah, sexual. Really, Scott said in an interview he wanted to make a really sexual, like fairy tale movie. Oh, I think it kind of gets caught in between, yeah, because like he's coming off of like Alien, which is like super subtly super sexual, phallic. And I think that he wanted to make yeah a fairy tale movie, like you said, that had that same sexual. And the studio was like, Nah, we're not going to no. do that. <laughs> but Mia Sarah was sixteen when they filmed this. That's pretty. Young. That's, that's weird. That's super odd, especially for like the original screenplay they were gonna throw down. Tom Cruise paint shots. <laughs> Can't go wrong though. <laughs> <laughs> but um Pap, you wanna explain to us what happens when Mia Sarah gets too close to the unicorn? Sure, yeah, and this kind of like is the inciting incident and then like right. sets up for like quote unquote the action of this movie but uh, (laughs) I don't know if it's kind of like a miscommunication but she touches it and then it also gets shot with like a dart right poison dart poison dart and then like they think that the touching it was what hurt the unicorn but in reality they shoot it with a poison dart track it down and then chop its horn off there Um, was no miscommunication she no Blatant disregard for Tom Cruise's instructions not to touch the unicorn. <laughs> but then, yeah, then Tom Cruise just, like, disappears and becomes, like, a voice of God in our cut. And he's like, you touch the unicorn. Like, oh, really? What's happening? <laughs> yeah. Way different. What happened in yours, money? Just straight? He, he just walks off, like, angrily. And then she gets uh, kidnapped. And then he's kind of, like, on his own. Oh. Well, ours is way different. Um, Okay, so what's up with Ridley Scott making multiple different versions of movies? Is this not annoying? (laughs) It's really annoying. What happened in yours? He, um, the unicorns run away. Lily returns to Jack, and uh, she he's pretty much just saying your soul is damned. There's nothing I can do for you. She tries to make a move on him. He snubs her. Then she's like. Well, you should marry me. Here's this ring. I'm oh. gonna throw it into a pond. Never mind. And if yeah, you get it, 
yeah. uh, you can marry me. And that's when, like... Which p- evidently ends up becoming some sort of binding factor brought in later in the plot. Wait, what? The ring? Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Ver- the very last thing Tom Cruise has to do is go back in that pond and find that stupid ring. And that's one of my questions I wrote down coming into this is... Why, Why the ring? Just so they can. No, I can explain that. I can explain. Was it that. just a Lord of yeah, the Rings yeah. reference? I was going to say, yeah. The, the, the thing about this story is, <laughs> this movie is, goes after unoriginal. a lot of fantasy. Yeah, this is an unoriginal movie, <laughs> and so they took the Lord of the Rings plus like the Cantina scene from Star Wars and mashed it up. And <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> like all the Muppets and crap. Like, you know, they were bad. But as the unicorns are running away, there's this beautiful shot of like, I guess, purple flower petals flying around everywhere, and the unicorns running through. Actually, does look pretty cool. Uh, You know what? That's actually one of my gripes about this movie is that all their naturey beautiful shots are on what are clearly closed sets with all these overdressings just to make it crazy. It was a giant warehouse. I feel like. Nature has enough in it. They were walking all over the place, and it felt like they were still in the same 10-foot area. <laughs> well, the set burned down, too. Yeah. Completely, at one point. Like, they really had to improvise. Yeah. Like, the whole where- the whole warehouse, which was 70 feet tall, uh, 200 feet wide, and 300 feet deep, because it was, like, all forest, uh, burnt down, like, in a flash. I feel like that's a higher power saying... If you're doing beautiful nature shots, do it outside. Because every shot that he did that was supposed to be nature and beautiful, I never took it in and was like, oh, that's a beautiful shot. I was like, oh, they're trying to make a beautiful nature shot. And I found it really fake, and it took me out of the movie. Hated it. Hot uh, take. Not enough three waves of the IRA for Josh. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, Rodney jumps in the pond, everything goes haywire. Snow starts to fall everywhere. The pond becomes frozen. There's a really bad, there's really bad overdubbing throughout pretty much all the forest scenes because they did have to overdub them because I guess like on set was too loud and they couldn't just get the right, I guess, uh, vocal ranges for the rest of this movie. How dare a creative project have bad audio quality? What a bunch of hacks! (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Is this where, when he jumped in the pond, is this where him and the Lee get separated for pretty much the re- like the rest of the movie? Yeah, she gives up on him kind of Titanic style, right? She sees him go under and she just runs away. Right, doesn't try to help him at all, just leaves him out to die. As I say, she runs back to his house, runs back to that poor woman's house where she is frozen. Now, is it time frozen or is she fro- frozen, Josh? I guess that's one of those deep, deep questions that only Ridley Scott can answer. There's a shot of a, I mean, there's a, shot of a clock, so I took that to try and communicate that time was frozen. But then they never explained why Mia and Jack were outside of time. Like, why weren't they frozen, too? Maybe time is a reflection of all of it. <laughs> I like Money's explanation the best. But Sorry. Yeah. the gob- goblins show up at that house with the unicorn's horn. And Blix, who's the main goblin, is pretty much running the show, going Harry Potter with the unicorn, because it can, I guess it can, I guess, shoot spells and pretty much do fire, which that takes us into our next, one of the next scenes, which is Blix and the three goblins 
his uh, two goblin friends around the fire talking about what they're going to do with the unicorn horn. Magic horn is mine, mine, mine. Now all creatures will love the night and worship goblins as divine. You shouldn't talk like that, Flix. Why not? I've got the power now. Plenty big pop. <laughs> And money was this in the international cut, which is one of the funniest parts of the whole movie, where pretty much Blix is rapping, and uh, Darkness shows up to retrieve the unicorn horn, and then a mummy grabs him and, <laughs> and jumps into a bottomless pit. <laughs> Please, it was only a joke. Oh, oh. I didn't mean it. No, no. Have you no sense of humor? Adios, amigos. <laughs> Adios, so amigos. Adios, amigos. <laughs> yeah, of course they killed the brown goblin. Adios, amigos. It just made no sense. Like, it just took this weird turn for trying to do comedy, and it didn't land at all. Oh, yeah, it was awkward. It was really awkward, but I just love the part where that a mummy just comes up from the ground and carries the goblin who was talking trash into a pit, and before he jumps, Adios, amigos! The script of this movie is just unbelievably bad and non-existent. Like, but wait, there's layers on layers, though, because that goblin that gets tossed down the pit is a... Double agent? Is he? I think, because they call him his brother... Sorry, Pappy, to interrupt. No, I think that's worth exploring because it makes no goddamn sense like the rest of this movie, <laughs> which, which is to my point. <laughs> but it is. And like on one hand, we have like Blix. We played a couple of clips of speaking in rhyme, rapping. Yeah, he's rapping it's like, the whole movie. It's like almost like shitty Shakespearean, like <laughs> like a seventh grader was trying to sound like Shakespeare. And then, like, on the other hand, you have Adios, Amigos, which I don't even know, like, when Spanish would come into play. And then this Because this is, yeah, like, before time. <laughs> He's, like, saying, you ever heard of a joke? Yeah, I'm just sorry. Adios, Amigos. Adios, Amigos. That remind me of, like, the robots in Star Wars when they, like, kill one in New Hope. He's like, no. <laughs> and he, like, shocks it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this takes us to the end of Act One, though, where John, I'm not John, Jack, uh, comes up to. Is the unicorn dead or is it just frozen in the snow? The one that got its horn chopped off. It's just, just sad. Just sleepy. Just sleepy. <laughs> just in a, it, that's one part I didn't understand. But um, this is where the international version and the the version that me, Josh, and Pappy watched deferred because out comes a little elven boy by the name of Gump who lives in the forest. <laughs> forest Gump. I had that written but, down as well. <laughs> um, he's pretty much asking Jack uh, what the hell happened? Why is there snow everywhere? Why isn't there sunlight? Why am I not happy? And Tom Cruise... And you're he, just supposed to like accept that he's an elf like really quick. Yeah. It, and also accept that uh, Link or Jack is a friend of the elves and dwarves and like some like what is jack is he just a human that's really nature he's a forest what? boy he's jacko the green he knows all about the forest isn't he just homeless he might be homeless 
Does he have parents? <laughs> I do they just I don't are they just there ne- are three negligent? Like there are three like actual like humans in this movie. There's only three so... people in the village and one of them is royalty. And, and the, the other. other one is super poor. <laughs> the other one's a forest boy. A lot of this plot <laughs> depends on like things just happening for the first time. Like somehow yeah. like these two groups of elves just never bumped into each other before. Never. At the beginning, hey. at the beginning, Tim Curry's like, "Today's the day we kill the unicorn." <laughs> so, okay. Why did he never think about that before? He had an eternity, and he's yeah. like, you know "I what? almost forgot." Today was a good day. <laughs> Today was a good day. Looking upon these frail creatures. One would not think that they could contain such power. One could rule the universe with it. You must find them for me and destroy them. Here's where it defers, because in ours, like Jack's just like, eh, I took Lily to see the unicorns, and uh, Forrest Gump freaks out with, I don't even know if it's his actual voice, but it's kind of a weird squeaky voice, but he freaks out. And he's like, how could you do this? Her soul is damned. Um, why would you ever do this? And Tom Cruise, who struggles with the English language throughout this entire movie, goes, for love. And uh, I'm, We meant no wrong. Yeah, we f- did it for love. For love. And Forrest Gump's <laughs> just like, well, okay, let's have some wine. So he busts out these like little finger shots. And, and they like toast to love. They and toast he's, like, to love. Super and they, okay with yeah, it. And he's, like, oh, you're for some pussy, eh? That's all right. Then <laughs> <laughs> he's like, okay, let's see how we're going to get her back. And now, Mikey, how was yours different? Uh, yeah, Gump uh, asks him a riddle uh, to determine whether he's going to be punished or not for this whole unicorn <laughs> thing going down. So, he, what, what was the riddle he asked him? What is a, a bell that, a it, bell that was, doesn't ring? but makes angels sing or something. And yeah, the it was a bell was, that doesn't ring, but makes angels sing. The answer and was what, like a flower of something. A blue bell. What is a bell that does not ring, yet its knell makes the angels sing? I know the answer. Shh. Answer me this, and all will be forgiven. Flowers? Yeah, and what's really crazy about this one is like Gump wants to kill Jack in the worst way. He's like pumped that like what? Yeah, Gump yeah. is like pumped to kill Jack. He's hoping he won't get that riddle, and when he does, he freaks out. Yeah, he throws a pretty pretty crazy temper tantrum, and it goes on for like a solid Minutes. thirty seconds. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> He's like geared up to kill him, and like all the elves are pumped to kill Jack because of what he did. Then when he gets it right, they just freak out. I think my biggest problem with a director like Ridley Scott taking the time to make different versions of this movie is just like move on. This movie is bad. Just move on and make another movie. Stop spending time on this. I feel like it's more of like a middle finger to like the studios because this is all like before he had like great Scott productions or whatever and had a little bit more 
This is a very cautionary tale. Yeah. So, like, looking at you, Star Wars, Kathleen Kennedy, cough, cough. Like, this is what happens when you don't let, Middle finger. When you don't let, like, a creative person make a creative project and there's too much studio interference. And, like, I've been kind of harsh on Star Wars, I guess, for the past couple movies that have come out. But it's just, like, they feel so safe. And it's just, like, another example of, like, you know, this could have been, like, a weird sexual Muppety lord of the rings but it just gets like caught in the middle and ends up being such a hilarious train wreck it is because i mean it's well documented that like once the studio got the footage for this movie they were just like no 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 no. we're gonna do all the editing you can do the international version we got the american one and also in like the original draft for i think it's william hertzberg who did this yeah william hertzberg uh, wrote this it was like supposed to be a rated R fantasy movie. It was not supposed to be for children at all. So it's kind of a shame that they really bowed down to like what's what can make the most money or what's kid friendly and it didn't work that well. Here's a PG rating, I think. Yeah, and um was this post or pre pre uh PG-13, Pap? Uh I think right before this is 86. 85. Actually, this would have been right right after. Right after. Okay. Yeah, cuz Gremlins is what ushered that in. Which we spoiled. To get back to the story, which is also one of my favorite parts, where Lily um, runs down to the injured unicorn, uh, and she sees Brown Tom, who's this little dwarven character who also speaks with a drunken Irish-slash-Scottish accent. And that's when Blix and one of his goblins come down through the snow, which is also another beautiful shot, Josh. I don't know why I keep saying these aren't beautiful shots, but they're pretty cool. And they start firing arrows at him, and he uses, like, a pan to deflect all of these arrows. Except one. Except one that gets him in the head. I was so hoping he was murdered. <laughs> <laughs> it would have made a better movie. You just wanted the end of Brown Tom in the worst way. <laughs> yeah, because it caught me off guard that they actually shot him in the head. And so when he's, like, actually not dead in the end, I was kind of disappointed. I agree. Yeah, it is kind of disappointing, and the goblins capture Lily, and that's when also, for for some reason, they come to the conclusion that they need to have a champion to go rescue her in darkness, and there's just, like, some weapons in a cave they find for no reason at all, and they yeah, didn't that... belong to anyone in particular. They were just there. That kind of made no sense at all. They kind of Tom Cruise just kind of just runs up on this uh, little little cave filled with treasure out of nowhere yeah he has like a gold mithril like bodysuit now he has an awesome sword he has a shield he doesn't know how to use well gump gump takes him there but gump can't go in why <laughs> i don't know because movie <laughs> rules of the movie. <laughs> this but, is like i feel like J.R.O. tolkien would be flipping 90 times in his grave for a movie like this with like he wrote languages of El- and like what he no he thought was such taken lengths. to make this movie yeah he went through such lengths to make sure everything was explained and this movie is like the dead opposite of that <laughs> it's just like here's the fairies Ridley this is what why they do. who gives a fuck move on <laughs> there's also a Tinkerbell character that Ooh, apparently nah. it's a big secret that she can turn into a human-sized spirit for a little bit. Don't understand that. I don't understand that either. And she has like a weird crush on Jacko, and it's like this big deal. She can turn into a human. 
but no one else knows, and apparently no other fairy or pixie can do it. Didn't make a whole lot of sense. But the group presses on into the swamp. <laughs> the ugliest character, also one of the worst parts of the movie. Do you, when you guys want to describe the uh, the witch slash hag they bump into? <laughs> she was real green, right? Swamp hag. <laughs> swamp hag Meg Mucklebones. Dude, that'd be a great Fuck. Twitter Twitter name, Swamp Hag. <laughs> swamp Hag. I thought this uh, this was actually pretty cool looking. This was actually gross and disgusting. I appreciated this, <laughs> this uh, costume or animatronic or whatever it was, but it looks pretty pretty good. this tender morsel? Disturbing red muckle bone dress. Jack, they call me Jack, ma'am. What a fine cat boy you are, Jack. You don't really mean to eat me, do you, ma'am? Oh, indeed I do! (laughs) It's a million times more interesting to me to see practical effects and makeup and costume design like this than to just see, like, a CGI witch. Yeah. Oh, it would have looked terrible if it was CGI. But this actually looked pretty cool. No, I mean, it it was fun to see that, but... Then your brain just turns to, what the hell is this thing? And like, <laughs> you know it's not going to kill Tom Cruise. It's 30 minutes into the movie. It's too early. <laughs> We're 45 and we got another 40 to go. And he just like beheads her, right? Just chomp. Like yeah, he Ned really Stark style. Yeah. Chomps at her. And there's a lot of pressing on in this movie, but they make it through the marsh. They fall down into the dark, like the dungeon darkness where they encounter Blunder, who's a double agent. He's the one who screamed, Adios, amigos. And. Adios, amigos! <laughs> this movie really just runs and runs. They get Una to break them out. But we eventually come upon my favorite part of the movie, which is where Darkness is talking to. The fire? Is that his dad? Is it just fire? Because uh, father or fire? He, I, says, I think he father. says father. He's like father. Yeah. So yeah. is that so that's the actual? I mentioned. I, <laughs> is that the? I think he's a de- he's a demon. He's the prince of darkness. I don't think he's Satan. I think he's a lower demon. He's like Satan's son. Like the number two. Yeah, something something like that. I, I don't know. Was this movie but, trying to set up for a fucking sequel? <laughs> I, I wish this movie was a trilogy, Pat. <laughs> Where there was going to be a bigger boss. <laughs> Legend. Legends. Legendary. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much this creepy voice comes over. It's like, woo her, tempt her, hypnotize her. And she's running like a, like a drug addict through hell and encounters pretty much his lair where a, dr- a black dress just begins to dance in silhouette around her. Did anyone else love this scene as much as me? I like you, my gifts. Does the gown not please you? No. <laughs> Can you speak so of your bridal gown? This is clearly the... We were gonna have him bang scene. Yep, yep. And we're replacing it with this metaphorical dress dance. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, for, uh, the tango. The tango is the sexiest dance of them all. Uh, William Hertzberg's uh, first draft had um, Lily getting injured by the unicorn, and um, she begins like sprout hair out of her wound. And when she makes it to darkness, she looks in the mirror, and she is a beast herself. And her and darkness bang. That's the movie I want. That see. makes way more sense in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, especially like with like her soul movie? being damned and everything. Like, would it made like way more sense? But the music was pretty cool for like the dress scene where it's just like a black dress, but she eventually transforms into the dress. And this is the big reveal. We get to see Darkness in his full form come through pretty much the, uh, Lily's reflection. <laughs> he has a hoof. He has a cape. He has five-foot horns. And um, he's pretty much trying to seduce her. It gets kind of rapey at a certain point. What do you guys think of like his full like body feature? I'm a little distracted because Josh is spamming our group thread with shots of Tom Cruise's taint right now. <laughs> <laughs> I so am. There's so wow. many shots. There's so taint. many taints. <laughs> I'm not done, guys. <laughs> one more. Just one more. Okay, yeah. So on that scene, Stevie... Yeah. I actually didn't have a problem with that scene. I thought that... I, that's probably my favorite scene of the whole movie was the dress I thought it was his, kind of cool. His yeah. dungeon lair has sufficient creepiness and almost has like a Pan's Labyrinth feel to it that I thought was actually kind of creepy and, you know, well-rounded as far as that setup went. Especially with that little person like dancing on top of it. I think it looked like a, like a piano that was covered while like the black dress also danced. Yeah, what didn't you say before the pod that that was an inspiration for the baby on Ally McBeal? I believe that was your quote, and I laughed hysterically <laughs> at it. But yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> but this is where the movie kind of train wrecks. Uh, it just goes and goes. Oh, here? Well, <laughs> oh, <laughs> where it finally somewhat train wrecks. Pretty much just train wrecks. Um, Tom Cruise ends up fighting like two butchers down down in like the darkness kitchen uh lily tricks darkness into letting her kill the unicorn to bring an end to light and tim curry just looks so excited by this it's actually kind of a funny scene because he just he buys that immediately immediately he's so in the version we watched and the version that was written they hadn't banged so he has absolutely (laughs) no reason to trust her at this point i will stay here with you But on one condition. Anything. I want to kill the unicorn. <laughs> Tom Cruise and his little companions fight their way out of many scary moments, especially with like those people coming through the like those little dudes coming through the floor. And Gump just tries to scratch them. Yeah. He has no weapons. <laughs> he just like goes at them scratching. And Tom Cruise is just, Jack's just like, get, no, get over here. And like picks them up and carries them the rest of the way. But uh, they realize they need uh, light to kill darkness. So they set up a bunch of shields throughout 
and they're throwing these things like frisbees to each other, to each other, which is actually quite funny. But, but why did they do that for so long? There was like 15 straight shots where they're throwing the frisbee shield. It's like we get it. It's like they had to account for everyone. And they're making this sounds in the air that was like, what? No, they don't. <laughs> but it was these like, little it, goblin guys wanted to get their screen time. This was their action shot. They saw Time Bandits, and they knew that those guys were running all over town. <laughs> I knew the comparisons were coming. I knew the comparisons were coming. <laughs> saw them running all over town. <laughs> That's funny as hell. But they set up, there's like, the sun's about to go down forever. They set up shields so the sun can ping off a bunch of shields and hit because darkness. Because he has to... He has to wait until it's dark. I don't understand that. Why didn't he just kill the unicorn? They killed the first one when it was still light out. So yeah, I don't know why, why couldn't they, they do the next one? It's not dead. It's just sleepy. Sleeping. <laughs> there's one like throwaway line where it's like, the mare has no power. She's only good for making babies or something like that. Like <laughs> she is creation. <laughs> yeah, they say something that's just like ridiculously like what. <laughs> But uh, there's there's like a very like pivotal moment where um, they think Jack and Gump come up like upon Lily and they think she's fully turned to darkness and she's about to kill the mayor. So they draw back their bow and arrows from afar. And this is like where the camera starts going to a thousand different places in like five seconds. So it's kind of hard to tell what's going on. and It's not very effective at all. And Tom Cruise, still struggling with the English language, goes, I trust you, Lily, and shoots Darkness instead. Do you guys think that if Darkness and her had banged, you as an audience member would be hoping he would just shoot that bitch in the throat? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, if if that scene is in the movie, I'm just fast-forwarding to that scene, watching it, and then turning off the movie. This movie becomes an immediate yes if there's a demon. I would have been, would have been rooting for darkness. Had they banged, I'd have been rooting for darkness, no doubt. I'd have been like, no, don't kill darkness. But uh, she tricks him and she cuts the mare free, and light pings off all the shields because Una picks up one of the dwarves who fell asleep on top of the tower that he was supposed to be picking up a shield on. And darkness floats away into space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, th- yeah. This movie exists, people. You should watch it. It's like Dude, the end they of were Alien in a... when they flush out <laughs> the xenomorph. It's the exact same thing. He gets flushed out <laughs> in space. And just he like just for people that haven't heard list or just for people that haven't watched the movie, they're in like a dungeon and they float and out he, into and space. He, yeah, he's getting pushed up against like a rock by the light, and all of a sudden. He's floating in space, space, and they like they cut to a wider space angle angle, and it looks like like space invaders, like a little explosion, <laughs> like a ten pixel explosion. Because there's like five stars that shoot out when he's like out of frame. It makes no sense. And then physics. Oh god. Oh, but hey, there it's Oscar nominated. So it is Oscar nominated. Thank Christ. And all is well. And this is when. Um, what song? Oh, this is when Love by the Sun by um, Tangerine Dream starts to play. Oh, we like the on the 
you guys like that song at all? The ending song? It's kind of like an anthem ballad. No. I was pretty apathetic at this point. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't like it. I actually you liked didn't it like quite it. a bit. <laughs> but it's really bad because there's this wide angle scene where Jack and Lily are running towards the sun and like all their friends are waving at them and this really cheesy 80 ballad, 80s ballad song is playing and it just ends with Tim Curry's devil face laughing over them as we go to credits. Dude, they were and definitely again, setting why? up for a sequel. <laughs> yeah. So he got shot out into space and exploded. Well, you guys know the rules without uh, with uh, what is it? With no darkness there can be no light or whatever. I don't know. I most certainly do not understand the rules of this universe. I don't understand the rules <laughs> of this universe either. <laughs> but that is that was the end of Legend. Uh, do you guys have anything else to add? Do you think? What do you think happened? You, so you think it was just like studio interference? Like I think this was supposed this... to be a rated R fantasy movie, and the studio was like, no, 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 no. And I really think Ridley Scott got handcuffed. Well, the guy who wrote be- this, like, it ended his career. But, like, yeah. Tom, Tom Cruise bounced right back with Top Gun. Ridley Scott bounced back. Like, pretty much the sacrificial lamb was the, the screenwriter. Yeah, because William Hartsburg was, like, it did end his career. And he was just, like, I did everything the studio asked me. He's like, it was supposed to be way more, like, intense, sexual, bloody. And we got legend. It is kind of sad, really. <laughs> this movie flopped hard. It was, like, a $25 million budget. And it grossed like fifteen million in its lifetime. It was not good. I mean, if you're forced to make changes to a movie, and you're going to be a professional screenwriter, you can't just take those changes out and expect the movie to live on. There were some major changes that needed to happen in this movie, and honestly, I I don't care what they had to take out because of the studio. The writing was just poor. Yeah, it always sucks when there's interference, but I don't really understand, even if they got to do everything they wanted to, what they were going for, really, with that. Ridley Scott had an original two-hour and 35-minute version. It was very Lord of the Rings length, and it got whittled down to the 90-minute version we have now, which I think is a shame, because I really want to see that two-and-a-half-hour version. Really, though? Yeah, I think it would clog up a lot of plot holes. Um... And I think it would, with uh, different subplots, I think it would just make it not so much and this happened, and this happened, and this happened movie. Pappy, do you think if more of the plot holes are explained, this movie would actually be saved? Uh, that's tough because there's just no way of knowing. You know, I mean, like, I don't think. I think for me, why I had a fun time actually watching it was because it was so bad it was funny. If it would have gotten mm-hmm. more bloated, and if it would have, fr- frankly, if it would have tried harder, it would have been worse. Like because it wouldn't have been <laughs> as funny, bad. But my my thought is, if they somehow explain one of the questions we noted, I'll try to pull up one of my other ones I had. If they tried to explain, for instance, um, why cutting off a unicorn unicorn's horn kills it. Or if they explained why Lily's ring was special, I that I don't think would have changed my thoughts on the movie. 
I guess it depends how they do it, though. If they have, like, an expositional scene added in where it's Forrest Gump talking to Tom Cruise, that's just, like, <laughs> it's powerful because of this, this, and this. It, that would have sucked. But maybe if we could have, like, seen the unicorns being powerful or something, you know what I mean? And then have it get chopped off. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough to say just, because we'll never know, right? Like, yeah, and it sucks too, cause especially because the director had like no creative control over the movie we just saw. Plus, these unicorns that are so powerful—they jog out there, and their horns on their head are like wobbling all, all around. Like, how awesome was it when they dongs. put the horn back on it? Just immediately synced back into it. They didn't even like glue Vigo it. Morganson dong just flopping about. <laughs> these are these Thanks, are uh, the unicorns from from Blade Runner, right? Like, this is Ridley Scott footage that he used and spliced into <laughs> Blade Runner. Right? Really? Is that true? I thought that's how one of the one of the other cuts of Blade Runner is like that because of... Legend? of he didn't have... Yeah, he didn't have an ending or something for it, so he, like, kind of put in this unicorn thing. I thought I, thought I read that somewhere. that's, like, Deckard's I might be dream sequence, right? And Maybe this movie yeah. is Deckard's yeah. dream. Okay. Would seems, you now? I'm never going with that. Would you like it more now, Josh? <laughs> Ridley Scott connected universe. Yeah, that wouldn't be self masturbatory at all. That'd be awesome. <laughs> and then it fights the xenomorph in space. <laughs> Darkness and a xenomorph going toe to toe. But uh, let's get into yes or no's. I'll start with. Uh, I'll start with Josh. <laughs> okay. Um, I think this movie has a little bit of merit because I think it really did influence some things. I think that Tim Curry's devil or demon or whatever he is maybe influenced the South Park's creators, um, Satan that they always have, kind of a recurring character throughout that series. And I also think that and I tried to find a little bit about this online, but I think the Legend of Zelda Navi borrowed or stole, stole, stole the 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 uh, creator, uh, it's one of his favorite movies. Yeah, and I guess, like, I, I did some digging, and all I could find is someone in a message board saying they read a quote from the creator of Legend of Zelda in a magazine. So they didn't actually have the quote, but apparently he said that he liked that movie and it influenced the plot. But I think the thing that caught my eye was Tom Cruise, his, like, green uh, tunic or whatever <laughs> he's wearing is, like, exactly like Link. Yeah. I noticed that right away. That, and then he gets, like, weapons, and he levels up, and he's fighting monsters for a princess. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of similarities. So, I, like I was saying, I think there he are some... He throws chickens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, anyway, I I bought this movie. I rented it online for two ninety nine. <laughs> Me and too. I'm, s- I'm so glad I didn't spend the extra dollar for HD, because Aww. I didn't need to see Tom Cruise's taint in any more pixels. And if you're interested in Tom Cruise's body, I think there's you could check out like Risky Business. I don't think you need this movie for that. So <laughs> even if you are a Tom Cruise thigh completist, I still give this a no. <laughs> Mikey, what about you? Uh, I think the best part of this movie w- was the costume mm-hmm. design. I thought the 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 slimy witch or whatever we were calling her earlier looked really cool. Tim Curry's uh, costume was 
pretty cool. It's like 12 feet tall. A lot of effort went into that to make it look uh, creepy and scary, which it does. I mean, it's definitely an accurate representation of what a demon would look like. But uh, I think it does come up short <laughs> on a lot of other things. Uh, it's just not... You can say that there's probably a lot cut out of it, but you don't really know because you just don't know what went on behind right. the scenes there. So you don't know what could have been. But there, it just seems like there's a lot missing. And it's. Uh, I think it ends up being a no, even though it is kind of funny to watch. Two no's. Pappy? Yeah, so we're more than like a year into spoilers 80 episodes and like one of the things i think that i've learned the most about movie watching is that the expectations you have for a movie going into it completely just can determine your experience and like i warmed you up stevie said this is one of the worst movies ever and so i watched it in the airport with a couple beers on my ipad and i was laughing my ass off at how terrible this movie is I think this is a bad movie, an incredibly bad movie. And the script and the editing are so disjointed that it ends up being funny. So I'm going to give this a hard yes, actually. Uh, if you watch it from the perspective <laughs> of you're watching a bad movie and you want to have a good time doing it, do that. But, like, no, it's not a good movie. I've given better movies no's, but I think it's, I recommend watching this movie because it's so bad it's hilarious to me. I first watched this movie because I've always been kind of fascinated by the personification of like Satan in films, and Tim Curry's always came up as like number one or like at least like in the top three. But I was always warned this movie is bad, like it's bad, but there's like some cool parts to it, and I like went into it thinking, okay, this movie is going to be bad, and like you said, Pap, some of it actually ends up being really funny. And it's one of those movies to me that even though I know it's bad and there's a lot wrong with it, I still enjoy watching it a lot. I just enjoy watching it. For the like record, I meant unintentionally funny. but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I talked to my father-in-law about this movie, and he said when this came out, this was supposed to be a very serious movie. And it just got roasted by critics, which is very understandable. But this is um, a yes for me. I think I've seen it four times now, and I've enjoyed it every time. I recommend watching it, so... Yeah. That's do you think it's a good you. movie? No, no, not by any means. But I do think okay. there's some really beautiful shots. And you can definitely tell the director knows what he's doing as far as like setting up a shot and how it looks. Yeah, Stevie, you're saying it's a bad movie now, and you're talking about setting up expectations. Stevie, in our thread, I don't know what he sent to you personally, Pap, but in our thread he said, "It's." I'm reading some of these quotes, it's a masterpiece my favorite Ridley Scott movie. <laughs> I fucking love this movie. Please watch this. Don't forget to get emotionally invested. Uh, if you knew the list goes me, on. What were you? No, why you, you are me, you know setting us up for I think he said pretty early on that it's tragically bad. Maybe yeah. you said that to me in a side. Do you know how sarcastic thing. I am? You did not say slash s on any of these comments, Stevie. Okay, but all written s. text. Like Mikey, like compare this to like watching like the Star Wars holiday special. That's like so bad it's not funny. This has more funny points. Oh, yeah, like it's, yeah, this was yeah. It's just uh, I wish the story was better. I mean, the story is so dumb that it's kind of hard to watch. But for the bad parts that are funny, it's pretty funny. And I say things with a lot of sarcastic wit. 
So like when I say so, I say say things like this is a masterpiece or get emotionally invested. It's hard to call it a masterpiece, and you can't become emotionally invested in two main characters who can't speak the English language that well. That is their native tongue. But I'm mad at you because <laughs> did you really take like me if seriously? I, if I, if I, yeah, I thought you really liked this, and if I would have gone, into I love this, this movie, but with, it's not for the reason of being good; it's for it's bad, and I think it's fun to watch. Uh, you just love Tom Cruise's middle tooth. I do. Okay, that's that's another thing. I do love his middle tooth. I was pretty <laughs> sad when he fixed. It. Two yeses, two noes. Josh, was that make this movie? It makes it bullshit because <laughs> a couple of you guys voted no for like adaptation. <laughs> I voted it's, yes. Like, too over the top. But, oh, this <laughs> I, movie, I said, which is way. No, adaptation is without a doubt a much, 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 much better film. But I was more entertained by this this movie's terribleness than I was by Charlie Kaufman's it's, ego in adaptation. Mm. And we and we know that you'll never give a Western a yes until we go back and retroactively preserve <laughs> Time Bandits. Time, yeah, Time Bandits should be certified preserved. <laughs> okay, so anyway, if this is two yeses and two noes, I would say some sort of pickles with the jar <laughs> or something. I don't know. Mm. Stale bread. Let's go with stale Pappy, bread. Or Mikey was going to say something. Sorry. I was going to say I could change my vote if footage of that uh, darkness sex scene ever comes out so there's Same. never going to be footage it was the, in the rough draft and the producer freaked out hey you're, the way things are going now netflix is uh making a lot of stuff on their own who knows maybe we could crowdfund let's de-age kurt russell like cgi style and have him or not kurt russell yep. i meant uh tim curry that's a good guardians you boys ready for subjective trivia no Subjective? Nah. Uh. <laughs> no? No. I was going to play cast it. <laughs> okay, maybe. I was going to say, if we did a remake of a movie, who would be your three main characters and you guys can't reuse the same actors? Yeah, for if, you, if we were remaking Legend today, who would you cast as the devil, as Jacko the Green, and as Lily? All right, let's do it this way. Let's go Mikey, Pappy, then Josh. Money, who was your darkness? Shit, I'm blanking on his name right now. Who's that guy from Boondock Saints? The the detective. Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, yeah. Willem H. Macy. Willem H. Macy is darkness. I can see that. NC Biscuit. He's already got the face. He's already got the face down. So Good pick. Should be an easy cast. Pappy, you? I'm going for one of the hottest actors in the world right now. Uh, whatever role he's in, he absolutely transforms into that character. Just got announced to a big superhero deal, too, so I'm going with Tom Hardy as my darkness. Oh, that's really good. Wait, what superhero? Venom. 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 Oh, yeah, that's right. That's really good. Josh. Well, I recently watched a somewhat viral video of Ben Mendelsohn performing The Lion King, and he turned some of Simba's lines into this just... Dirty, nasty, grimy villain. So I'm going to go with Ben Mendelsohn. You guys are all really good at casting. <laughs> all right. Money, who's your Jack? Uh, it's going to be tough to find someone who matches Tom Cruise's lack of enthusiasm for this role. <laughs> uh, but I... <laughs> I think you got to go Chris Pratt. He's so hot right now. (laughs) 
<laughs> I like it. <laughs> Pappy, who's your Jack? It's tough because with with Jack, we're gonna need to see some uh, some uh, action chops as well as some uh, some dramatic chops as well, right? Right. So we we gotta see someone Agreed. who can who can show that they have Pain the chops. the action side, like I just said, but they can also. Hold down a love interest. So I'm going to go with Chris Evans, Captain America, as Jack. I'm going to agree with everything Pappy says. And I thought he was going to steal my person, but I'm going to go ahead and choose him. The great, the one and only Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, that's a good one. Dude, that would be actually, that would be pretty awesome to see. <laughs> Plus, I don't think he's shown his taint yet. Optimus. I don't think he's shown his taint yet. So he was pretty good in Lawless. I'll give you that. I bet you you can pull it off. Not bad. And last Darkness. but not least, going to our Lily, sweet sweet Lily. This should be fun. What's a what's a famous actress or not even famous actress, uh, an actress right now that'll do two movies and then will never do anything in Hollywood again? Much like. Sloan did in this role. Wait, so what's your question? <laughs> He's looking for a nobody. Who's a who's a actress who will get? Yeah, who's an actress that'll be nowhere after this movie is done? I don't know. You could throw anybody in there. What's her first? What's what's the actress's name? Is it Mia, Mia? Sarah? Yeah, Mia Sarah. She was she was the worst part yeah. of this movie. She was, <laughs> I, and all of her. I mean, I guess on the version I watched, her lines were dubbed terribly. She's terrible. Need an actress She's money. An actress. Doesn't matter. Ooh. Jennifer Lawrence and Chris. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Everybody hates her now. No. <laughs> uh oh. Worst movie. One of the worst movies I saw last year. Pappy. Yep. Passengers who's your, two. Who's your Lily? Okay, so for our Lily, we need a character who can convey fear. We need a character <laughs> who is a young up-and-coming actress, and we need someone who can also portray innocence. So I'm going to go with an actress who we've spoiled two movies of hers already in her young career, Anya Taylor-Joy. You guys loved her in Split. You loved her in The Witch. You're going to love her in Legend as Lily. Oh, that's a home run. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. She's got the horror chops. She's got a, she's she can look perfect against Satan himself. She now went... Listen. She went toe to toe with Black Phillip. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on a limb on this one, but I, I think I'm gonna win this competition because Ben Mendelsohn is a really good devil. I think for this Lily character, you really only need one thing, and that is looks. You don't need to be a good actress. She has. You don't need to convey. You don't need to convey fear. You need to be able to bang the devil and look hot doing it. Oh God. And I'm going to choose Kate Upton. And that, Justin Verlander, is an actual home run. Whoa, shit. That's a good pitch. I'm going to go, like, cast by you cast. that's a good pitch? Yeah. If you're going devil, Ben Mendelsohn's the best devil. What? Not Tom um, Come on. <laughs> dude, Ben Mendelsohn is terrifying <laughs> if you see him on screen, especially in Bloodline. Um... If we're going to go for uh, Best Jack, uh, Pappy, you picked Chris Evans, right? Yeah. That's a really good Jack. Um, you take Shia that LaBeouf. one. 
and Shia, Shia LaBeouf. That's a no. joke. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear darkness. The whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I do. Just do it. But uh, as far as females, uh, perhaps the only one that actually hit the criteria as far as young and a good actress. So, Pap, you have won the casting call for the remake of Legend. Thank you. Anna Taylor-Joy is awesome. You're a kind and wise judge. I regret ever uh, disparaging the subjective trivia. We can never do subjective trivia again. Hey, if your brother can read, can read straight from IMDb. Yeah. Okay, I, you I want to talk pick. about bullshit trivia, Josh? Is that really the, <laughs> the, the conversation you I have right so. now? <laughs> Jordan had a zebra question. Whatever. I got it right. No, the best part was, hmm, let's go with Josh Long. You can go first. But, uh, Pappy, you are the winner of Legend. Congrats, Congratulations. Pat. Thank you. And while you think of a movie they're going to be spoiling next, uh, who wants to do plugs? I know a couple. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, I know a couple. Well, which ones do you know, Josh? I'll do the others. Well, Pat. Oh. Well, as Mikey knows, <laughs> Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod, and our Instagram is podcast spoilers. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Joshua Wayne Hensley wrote our theme song. And if you liked what you heard, the nicest thing you can do is leave a review on iTunes by searching for movie spoilers, click it on the cereal bowl reviews, and then stars and words. There you and go. And seriously, if you hear us say anything and you just want to jabber at us, or if you have any inkling to do it, call our hotline bling 903-SPOIL-07. Well... I almost guarantee you we'll put you on air unless you're like that one dude that said you're our dads. What? I don't Yeah, there's a voicemail on there that's like I'm proud of you guys. I'm your dad. I'm all of your dads. <laughs> <laughs> we get some weird calls. <laughs> Maybe we'll put it on here anyway. That's it's I worth wanna it. hear that one. That's I'm gonna have to hear that boring. one. Um <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Kind of a weird way to segue. Uh, Pap, what you got? Well, mm, build up to it. I want to build up. I think suspense is killing me. I think I need, we need a break from the '80s for a little bit. Um, I'm normally the '80s guy, but Josh, you're gonna you're gonna like this because, like I said, we, like we still went to it about the plugs. We don't get a lot of feedback, but some of the feedback that we've gotten is um, we're too hard on one uh, particular movie franchise and we're, we're a bit cynical about the movies we actually touched on it today so i want to take uh take spoilers back to a galaxy far far away to where uh, that ooh. franchise began uh with star wars In episode the 70s one the phantom menace yes oh no yes! the 90s it's your yes! favorite josh <laughs> this is so exciting Oh, Big man, episode, boys. Awesome. I hate these movies. Can't wait. From my point of view, the prequels are evil. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, there you have it. Star Wars Phantom Menace coming at you. This was spoilers. That was spoilers.